Gospel of John, chapter number 5. We're going to start reading in verse number 1, if you're there. The Bible says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there's at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews it was Jesus which made him whole. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for your sweet, sweet spirit, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the place, Lord, that, uh, Lord, we can come and we can worship you, Lord. God, we pray, Lord, that uh, everything, Lord, that said, Lord, out of our voice, Lord, will be to upbuild your kingdom, God. We pray that we point men and women to Jesus tonight. God, I pray that they would see you, Lord, through everything said and done. God, help us not to speak our own, not one syllable of, of ourselves, God, but I pray, Lord, that you would anoint, Lord, our thoughts, Lord. I pray that you'd anoint the tongue, Lord, and I pray, God, you'd anoint the ears of the hearers here this evening, God. Help, Lord, our hearts to receive your word. I pray, God, for the needs that's here tonight, Lord. I'm sure that they're great, Lord. We're, we're each in different situations in life, God, and you know certainly exactly where we are tonight, where we stand, God. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help each one exactly where they're at tonight, Lord, individually, God. I pray, Lord, that you draw men and women to you, Jesus. Help each and every one of us, as Brother Mark, or as Brother Dave said, Lord, to step up, Lord, and step closer to you, God, to follow you, Lord. I pray, Lord, for your help here this evening. God, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, the Bible says that there was a this this that Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and there was that Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool. And, and the, Jesus came to a very specific place here in John chapter 5. And the Bible says that there was a great multitude of impotent folk here at this, at this place, at this pool of Bethesda by the sheep market or the sheep gate. And Jesus came as he went to the, these, uh, I thought uh, not, not a lot of people would desire to go around a, 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 a lot of people that were impotent. Many of us, I don't think we would desire to go up and, and just sit and spend time maybe in a children's hospital and see those that, uh, Lord, that, that we, we look and we don't understand always what's going on. And I, I thought about, but Jesus here, he went exactly to where these impotent people were. And you say, Adam, what does impotent mean? Well, anytime we put M before word, it means not or without. And that word 
potent or uh, uh, impotent here is it means without power, without strength. The Bible says that here there was a great multitude of people that had no power. They had no strength. The Bible said they was halt and blind and halt and withered, waiting for the moving of the water. They were blind. And you imagine the, the uh, I, I thought of the depravity of man, you, uh, the depravity of, of myself. And I, I thought how each of us, until you find yourself and realize that without God, you're impotent tonight. Without Jesus Christ and the power, the, the Bible said, I am not ashamed, Romans 1, 16. I am not ashamed of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that he died on the cross for sinners. He rose again three days later to give eternal life. If I would believe and place my faith in him, I could have eternal life. That's the power of God unto salvation. But without that, I'm of all men. The Bible said if I had hope in this life only, I'm of all men most miserable. You realize without Jesus Christ, each and every one of us is hellbound in here tonight. Without Jesus Christ, there's not one of us. The Bible says there's none good. No, not one. There's not one of us that could get up into heaven tonight by anything. This man had no strength. He had no power. He'd been, the Bible said he laid there. This man had been there, uh, had an infirmity for 38 years. And the Bible said when Jesus was speaking to him, he said, uh, go and sin no more. So it, it almost indicated as maybe this man had lived for a while and, and had a sin or something, and, and this sin had, I, I don't know, I'm not going to argue about it. I don't know if he was 38. I don't know if he was 58. Uh, but, but this man, I, I believe there may have been a time in this man's life where he did not have this disease, but this disease made him paralyzed. No strength, no power. I, I, I thought of my grandfather. My grandfather had a, had a stroke. Uh, he, Mom said on the way over here, I think, that he died in 2016. And I, I thought about a couple years before my grandfather died, and I thought, I always looked to my grandfather as a strong man. I remember as a kid, and I was, you know, you, as, a, as a young boy, you're trying, to, you're trying to be strong. I think it's in, in boys, most boys, you're trying to... And I, I remember my grandpa talking about grabbing a hold of the roofing bolts in the coal mines that they would go in and shovel out lump coal. That's how they made their living. They brought the coal out of the, literally into the side of the mountain and brought it out and they had to take that out and haul it out to make their, their living. But he grabbed those roofing bolts and do pull-ups in them. And I thought, man, I, he was always just a big strong man in my eyes. But, but I, I, my grandfather had a stroke a couple years before he died and half of his body was paralyzed. And I, I thought, we really don't realize how weak we are. Even in his greatest days of strength. And you may think, man, I'm, I feel awful tough in here tonight. Uh, you, may, you may feel like you're in the, the prime time of your life. But if you ain't got Jesus Christ, you're as weak as a kitten. You ain't got nothing. You, as brother, brother Josh's dad says, you ain't got a hill of beans. You ain't got nothing if you ain't got Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us is bound for him. We're helpless, we're hopeless, and we're hell-bound if we ain't got Christ here tonight. And here's, that's what this man was. He, he's sitting here, and he, he couldn't get his own self up. He couldn't carry himself. He couldn't, I, I don't believe he could probably even wash himself. And you think about, and you, you say, well, I'm able to do this, and I'm able to do that. You ain't able to do nothing if you don't have Jesus Christ. You're impotent. You're powerless. But when we, get, when we realize how little we are in this thing, Jesus Christ can become big in our lives. When we realize that God, a God, God loved me not, not because of the best of me. God loved me in that while we were yet sinners, Romans 5 eight. God commended his love toward me while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loves you for you. 
And, it, and I, the, I thought it was the grace of God that brought Jesus to this man. There, there was a multitude of impotent folk there, the Bible said, but Jesus didn't come to the multitude. I, the Bible said that this was a, a pool of Bethesda. There was five porches. Jesus didn't come and stand on the porch and preach to the multitude right here. There was times where he went up on the mountain, he preached to all, but Jesus came, he singled out one man. He singled out one individual. I like what it said in John chapter 4, that lady of Samaria. He, he, that, that Samaritan woman, the Bible said, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. I got, he had to go to her because he, he knew that there was somebody that needed to hear what he had to say. He had to come to this man right here, this impotent man, and he asked him this question. He said, wilt thou be made whole? Now, you may be here tonight. I, I thought I've heard about people getting saved on a night where 15 people got saved. I've heard of that. And I, I thought, Jesus, but you know, you don't get saved unless you hear the call of God showing you, unless the gospel of Jesus Christ is presented to you. The Bible says no man comes except the Father draw him. I've heard of people getting saved under, uh, under a bridge in their car. I've heard of people getting saved walking down their hallway in their house. I've heard of people getting saved beside of their couch at their house. I've heard of people getting saved. I got, I've heard of uh, people getting saved at a hay bale. I got saved at a church camp up in Parchment Valley. Is, 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 uh, but I thought we, we, it doesn't matter the place that you got saved, but Jesus knows where you're at. He knows who you are. The Bible said in verse number 6, Jesus saw him lie, and he knew that he had been now a long time. Jesus sees where you're at. He knows who you are, and not only that, he spoke to the man. And that's the same thing he's done for me. He saw me. Uh, he saw me in my mother's womb, and he had a plan for me. He saw me before you ever saw any of this flesh. Jesus saw me, and Jesus saw you. That he's no respecter of persons. He knew you before you knew you. He knows, uh, the Bible says that uh, uh, the heart is wicked. It's deceitful above all things. We don't even know ourselves. But Jesus knows who we are. He saw us. He knew us. And he came to where this man, when this man couldn't get up, it reminds me of a story. Of a, I, I thought I, I heard a story of a, a lady, and she had a young boy, probably about the age of my, my little three-year-old back here. And that boy had been, uh, he'd been in trouble all day long. And the, the mommy, she had enough. Anybody ever had enough? <laughs> Somebody about to take a hallelujah spell in here. She had enough. She, she tried timeouts. She tried the different things. She, she put him in a, she had one of them playpens. We never had one of them things. We just had the room, you know. But she had one of them playpens. She set the baby in the playpen. She said, don't you dare get out. Grandpa came over. And Grandpa came over and she said, Dad, he's been in trouble all day long. I've tried everything. She said, don't you dare get him out. He's in trouble. And she was in there, she was, she was in the kitchen, and a little bit later she heard giggling. She heard Papa laughing, she heard the baby laughing, and she went, she was mad. She went storming into the room. She knew that grand, Grandpa done got him out. But no, Grandpa didn't get him out. Grandpa climbed up inside of the crib where the little boy was at. He got into where he was at, and that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for you and me. I couldn't get to where Jesus was at, but Jesus left the throne of glory. He came down to where I was at. He took upon a robe of flesh that I could go to heaven. He who was rich became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. I have sinned. I've come short of the glory of God. But the Bible says, he who knew no sin, he took my sin. He nailed it to his cross. He's cast out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against me. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. 
I'm thankful for the grace of God that came by my way. He saw me, he knew me, but it didn't stop him from coming by my way. And maybe tonight you're here and you say, hey, it's too late, I'm too far gone, done went too far. You realize this was the Sabbath day, the Bible said. It was the Sabbath day and maybe this man thought, well, he might have come yesterday, but he can't do no miracles today. It's the Sabbath. He can't pick me up today. It's the Sabbath. I'm thankful that Jesus is never a day late. There's not one time. Hey, he's able to work. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. I thought we put, we're so good at putting God in a box. I'm so good at saying, God, if you would work this prayer out this way. God, if you would move this person to do this, if you would do this and do that. I, so many times my prayer, my prayer requests have conditions. Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? And that's what this man did. I, I thought so many times, Josh, we don't get it right on the first time. Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? And you, you'd have thought after you laid there for 38 years, you'd just jump, said yes. Yes. But he lay, he lay there and he, he said, wilt thou be made whole? And he said, sir, I've got no man. He started pointing to everybody else. And maybe Jesus is calling you. Maybe he's calling you into a ministry and you're looking around saying, I ain't got no help. I, I look to the left. I, look to, I ain't got nobody take me to church. I ain't got nobody to do this. I ain't, got no, I ain't got nobody to pray with me. He said, sir, I got no man when the water is troubled. He was looking at a false hope. These people was laying around. You think, you, you think you're hopeless. You get to the point where you've laid in a bed for 38 years and you can't get up and you're just laying there just staring at the water waiting for an angel to come down to trouble the water so you could try to get your touch. You talk about being hopeless. This man, was at his la- I believe he's at his last resort. He wasn't in a temple. He wasn't where the Pharisees and the scribes were. He's over here waiting for an angel to come down and trouble the water. Somebody might roll him in. He said, sir, I've got no man when the water's troubled to let me in. And Jesus said, rise. Rise. You know what Jesus was telling him to do? Something he was incapable of doing. You realize when God calls you to do something, he will enable you to do it. You say, Adam, I can't get saved. Adam, I can't do that ministry. I can't. The Bible says we're to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith he's called. You say, Adam, I can't do that. Jesus says, rise, you do what you can't do, and you watch me do what you can't do. Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. He, you realize if you laid somewhere for 38 years, you, couldn't, you definitely wasn't going to get up. But if you got up, your, your muscles, they call atrophy. You ever heard of that? Atrophy. Your muscles wouldn't even have the ability to walk. But Jesus didn't call him just to stand up, Josh. He said, you, stand, you get up. You get out of here. You rise. Take up that burden that's been carrying you for 38 years, that bed that's been carrying you for 38 years. You get up. You take that burden and you walk. I imagine that man, he got up, the Bible said immediately, in verse number 9, immediately the man was made whole, and he took up his bed. You imagine that man. Here he goes. He got up. He, he, I believe he, he bent down. He rolled up. That, that was, uh, that, those mats was straw beds. He rolled that mat up. He threw it under his shoulder. He took up his bed, and he began to walk. Now, you, I, I bet he had a walk that was different. I, I know he had a walk different from the day after he met Jesus than before he met Jesus, but I believe he had a walk that was different from all those around. You imagine all those impotent folk laying around, and here this man, they've seen him laying for 38 years, and here he goes, walking. He's got something different. 
walk about. He's got Hey, when Jesus comes by, there's something different that happens on the inside. He gives you joy that people don't understand. He gives a new life. He said we're to walk in the newness of life. He said it, we're, we're to walk as he walked. As Jesus has walked for us, we're to walk as he walked. Now, you think about that. I want to walk as the way Christ walked. You, that's, a, that's a hard challenge. You realize, I, I thought about my boys, and you, uh, maybe uh, there's many children in here tonight. I, I saw many of them. And you realize, uh, as, as a parent, uh, well, as a parent, you don't really uh, teach your kids how to walk. There's some things you do, but I, they... they it was easier for my second one to walk than it was the first one, I believe. But you know why? I, be, I, I thought one thing as a parent, you know, we are called to do. We're called to show them how to walk. We're called to show. We live as an example in front of them how to walk. They, they know how to walk. They might spend a little bit more time crawling if we's all like monkeys crawling around. But we got to show them. We got to be an example under, uh, under our children. Parents, we got to be an example. You don't want your children to go down the path you, you've been in. Don't lead them down the path you've been in. Don't live in your past. Don't keep, ta- don't, don't keep going to the dark place. You say, God has saved me from this. But hey, every time you stand up and testify, you can tell that Jesus has done something miraculous for you, but you ain't got to take them back to the bar every time you get up. There's a difference in saying how God has rescued us. He rescued me. I was falling. I was a ship without no direction. But Jesus came and he miraculously saved me. But I don't have to live in the sin that he saved me out of. He said, arise, take up thy bed and walk. Get out of here. That's basically what it means. You get up and you go out. Just like he told Abraham. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. Rise. And he walked. The same day was the Sabbath. Now you imagine, here he goes. He's got this bed under his arm, and he is, I believe he is high-stepping. And here he comes, and here come them Pharisees. Now you think if anybody, these people maybe just come down from the temple, if anybody was going to come and celebrate and worship with him, I thought you'd expect the church crowd to come and worship with him. And here he comes, and maybe he's carrying that bed proudly, and here they come, and they say, what in the world are you doing? It ain't lawful for you to carry your bed on the Sabbath day. These people that saw, instead of thanking the Lord for what he had done in his life, here they go putting him down and say, trying to put a, a law on him and trying to put another condition on him. It ain't lawful for you to do that. They didn't say one good thing about him. And I thought, man, you, you talk about some, sometimes some of the people that hurt you the most is the church people. I don't expect much of the world. I don't expect the world to pick me up and, and, and to help me out. I don't expect their encouragement. But I expect my brothers and sisters to help me. We need to help our brother. We are our brother's keeper. The Bible says a brother is born for adversity. Here he goes. And I thought, you, man, you, you imagine the discouragement maybe that he faced. Did this man tuck his tail and turn around and go home, Brother Josh? No, what did he do? The Bible said that, he, now this man, he, he, got, he got whole, he got made whole, he stood up, he rose up, he took his bed and walked. But when the Pharisees came to him, he knew that he had a touch, but he didn't even really realize who it was that touched him. The Bible said, the Bible said in verse number 13, he that was healed wist not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away. Being, and I thought sometimes, uh, sometimes we get a physical touch 
Or sometimes we might see one get a physical touch and they get a physical touch and then they're gone and we never see them again. You realize that I, I, the most important touch that you can have is a spiritual touch. We're each and every, we're spiritually dead, but when Jesus comes in, well, I'm spiritually alive. But this man, he got a, he got a physical touch. I believe, I believe that's what he got in verse number 8. In verse number 9, when he rose up, I believe he got a physical touch. The Jews, therefore, they came unto him. They said, who said unto thee, take up thy bed and, thy bed and walk? And he, he that was healed knew not who it was. Jesus invaded himself away. Verse 14, but where did this man go? The Bible said, afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple. You know where a good place for you to go when you get discouraged is? Right here. Hey, you made it tonight. We're here. You're discouraged. This is the best place you can be. Don't leave the same way you come in, though. Hey, this man upset. He was, I believe people, the, the people that were supposed to be rejoicing with him was putting him down, and he came. He didn't turn his back and run back. He knew that he, he didn't want to lay down on that bed for another 38 years. Hey, when Jesus gets a hold of you, you know you don't want to go back. Which way am I going to go? I'm going to go to him. He went to the temple. The Bible said that Jesus findeth him in the temple. Now, what did he find in the temple? He found Jesus. He found the one that spoke to him. He didn't know who it was that spoke to him, but here he sees Jesus again. And the Bible said in verse number 16, the, the, I'm sorry, the, verse number 15, he said he told the Jews it was Jesus that made him whole. You realize when you come to church, you get assurance in what Jesus has done for you. You get assurance. You get not only assurance, when we come to church, we need to get the Word of God. If, we're, if our songs ain't about the Word of God, if our songs ain't about the Word of God, if our teaching ain't about the Word of God, if our preaching ain't, if our service leading, hey, if it ain't about the Word of God, we're wasting our time. But when he came to church, he heard the words of Jesus, said, Behold, thou art made whole. You talk about comfort. You talk about reassurance when Jesus says, Hey, you're already whole. He also got direction. He got, uh, he got a warning. He said, Go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. When I come to church, I don't expect everybody to pat me on the back. You say, I'm going to find one of them churches that tell me how, look in the mirror and see how, how good you are today. Hey, I don't want that. Hey, I don't want that foolishness. I don't want to, I don't want, we'll get off of that. Hey, I want the word of God, Brother Greg. I want somebody that's got the boldness that's got the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God that will stand back and tell me that there's a devil's hell that wasn't made for me. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But God so loved me that he came to where I was at. He saw me, he knew me, and he ran to me, and he has called me unto him. Without him, I'm most miserable. But in Jesus, I've got it all. I've got it all. You say, that's arrogant. No, in Jesus, hey, you realize in John chapter 4, there was a man, the Bible said that he was a, he was a nobleman. And the Bible said that he had, you realize as a nobleman, he had all the things, but his son was lying sick. His son was going to die except for Jesus touched him. And in John chapter 5, here's this man. He ain't got nothing. He's got no medical help. He's got no physical help. He's got no riches. Hey, whether you think you got it all or you ain't got nothing, you realize without Jesus, you ain't got anything. But in him I got it all. He's got, he'll get, I'm thankful for Jesus. 
I'm thankful that Jesus loves me. I'm thankful the Bible says that uh, we can, that Christ, he is our example. The Bible says that we're to walk. Not, not only to, are we to rise up, but we're to walk. We're to take up our bed and walk. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, walk in the light. 2 John chapter 1, verse 6 says, this is the love that you walk after his commandments. 3 John chapter 1, verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. We're to walk in the light. We're to walk in love. We're to walk in the truth. We're to walk in the commandments of God. Hey, if we walk after Christ, we seek after the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word doesn't, it's not just a light to shine down on me, but it's a light to carry me from here to there. He's given me something to do for him, and he's given you something to do. We need to get up and walk. Maybe God's calling you to do something here tonight. Maybe God's calling you into a ministry. Maybe God's calling you to Come over here and make food in, at the building sometime. I don't, I don't know where that come from. Maybe God's calling you to make, prepare meals for somebody. Maybe God's calling you to go to the schools and witness. Maybe God's calling you, hey, to get your grandchildren and bring them to church because their mommies and daddies won't. Maybe God's calling you to do something. Don't say, I have no man. Rise up, take up thy bed, and walk. It was a testimony. You see, you see this man? Not only, hey, he was now carrying the burden that once carried him. When Jesus saves you, he gives you the ability to carry your burdens. He gives you the ability to pick up the thing. Hey, I had, this flesh was all that I had before Jesus came by. But when Jesus came by, he didn't get, he, he gave me a new life through the spiritual man. He gives me the ability to carry the flesh. Hey, I don't walk after the flesh, I walk after the it's what Romans said. We're to walk after the Spirit, but I still got to carry this burden until the, until the day I die. You got to carry the flesh. I'm gonna. I'll ask Bev if you could come and, and whoever get a song here tonight. I I thought um, I read about J. Vernon McGee, and many of you maybe has heard J. Vernon McGee. He got a pretty pro, uh, program on the radio there. He would go up every single year around Easter time to uh, watch an Easter program in Pasadena, California. And he would speak or preach there after the close of the program. And he said one of the times that he went up for that Easter program, there was a young boy that stood up and quoted the entire book or the entire chapter of John chapter number 5. And he said that that young man quoted that entire chapter. Now, this was a children's hospital in Pasadena, California. That, in, that, that young man, man quoted that entire chapter. He said, but he messed up one word, Brother Josh. He said, As the longer J. Vernon McGee, he said, you know, not meaning uh, any disrespect to God, but he said the longer he thought about it, he said he really didn't mess up anything at all. And he said, this is what he said. In verse number 3, in these lay a great multitude of important folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Jesus loves you. He cares for you. The Bible says that we can cast all of our cares upon Him, for He cares for us. He knows exactly where you're at tonight. He knows what He's calling you to do. And he, know, he has the ability to equip you with whatever it is that you think you cannot do. 
If God is calling you into a ministry, if God is calling you to do something for Him, you need to be obedient. If you're here tonight and God calls you to start up a prayer chain ministry, you need to do that. If you're here tonight and God's calling you to preach, you need to do that. If you're here tonight and God's calling you to show up early to help park cars, you need to do that. We need to be faithful in what Jesus has called us to do. I, I don't want to puff them up, but I can't. Oh, I look over at Joe and Lonella, and I, I thought they've been faithful in what God had called them to do. Because of their faithfulness, the church is able to reap and, and enjoy the fruits of their ministry through these children tonight. When we, come, when we do our part for the Lord, God gets the victory. Everybody that saw this man, they pointed to Jesus. He said, it was Jesus that made me whole. It's Jesus that makes us whole. It's Jesus that makes the difference. If you're here tonight, without Him, how lost I would be. That's, that's good. We ain't got nothing without Him, but with Him we have everything. Without Him, we're of all men most miserable. Without Him, I'm without strength. The Bible says that we're without, I'm, I'm literally without strength, without Jesus Christ. When we were yet without strength, the Bible says Christ died for the ungodly. He's died for you. He loves you. He's living for you today. But we need to live for Him. We need to rise up and to walk. Maybe you rose up in salvation, but you've not walked according to the, where He's called you. I ask you tonight, maybe you come up and find yourself in a place at this altar of prayer and get, get, just say, Lord, here I am. Jesus presented Himself to the man, but the man came to the temple to present Himself to Jesus. He went to worship. He went to thank God for what He's done. Maybe that's you here tonight. Would you do that? Would you stand as they get a song? If you need to move tonight, if you need to be saved, God will save you tonight. If you need to, you need to ask for a brother or sister to pray with you, I believe that tonight. Would you pray? Would you come? Page 100.